Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Best Fit Body Podcast. I'm your host, Elle, and I have with me my co-host, Jules. Hi, everybody. Happy 2019. Very excited to get these podcasts up and going again. I know several people told us that they missed us over our little hiatus, but we needed a little holiday break. But we're back. We took that small break kind of from October through December where I was competing. I was also moving. Joel's had a lot of other things going on too. And so now we're through into 2019 and it's the perfect time to get these out for you guys. I'm also back on YouTube, which is really fun. So I always feel like when my creativity is in both places, these kind of go hand in hand. And it's like, why would you do one without the other? Exactly. I know during the time that we were not doing all of these, I my list of ideas is just literally exploding in my notes. And every day I jot down more ideas. And so it feels good to be able to put these things out in formats that people appreciate because it's all about sharing the information and spreading the appreciation of health and fitness. Yeah, I think that right now in 2019, it's pretty even where people consume their information between like podcasts and YouTube and Instagram. And those are like the main things people are using. And now that podcasts are more popular, a lot of you guys listening like to listen to it while you drive. But that's the beauty of it is that you don't have to watch it when you drive. So the podcasts are just a little bit different from YouTube, but they are still full of stuff that you'll be able to take away. So on the agenda today... We have a topic that Jules is very excited to talk about, as am I, but she came up with this one, and there's no better time than two weeks into the new year to talk about this so you can think about what you've done so far over the past two weeks, and you can make a change without feeling like, no, it's too late for me to tackle some of my resolutions. So Jules, the topic today? Well, the topic today is the big question, why are you not getting results? And the reason why I wanted to cover this topic is it comes up over and over and over again for pretty much anybody who's trying to embark upon a big goal. We're going to talk about this specifically in health and fitness, nutrition and training, that type of thing. But I'm hoping when you listen to this, that you're going to probably shake your head, agree with, or maybe go, no, I can't relate to that. But understand some of these things to help you when you start on a big goal to think about, well, what are the challenges that I'm going to meet? So, you know, everybody sort of kicks off their new focus and their fresh starts at the beginning of the year, and we all embrace it. So I'm hoping that you'll listen to this today and kind of think about how you can set yourself up for success with some, you know, sort of inner knowledge, long version of the explanation, but it's basically looking at why you don't get the results that you think you should. I would say what you're doing right now while listening to this, why don't you just pause it for a second or just chill while I talk. And I want you to think about that one thing that you told yourself that you were going to do this year. The one thing that you told yourself you were going to do last year, or maybe it's brand new, could be something that you've been trying over and over again and it doesn't stick. I want you to think about that one thing throughout this entire podcast episode where you can apply the things to it. And if you can, if you're not driving, even 
even pull out a notepad or notes on your phone, most likely what you guys will do and write out the things and what you're going to do and make a plan alongside this podcast. Because I think that if you kind of go step by step and you start thinking about all these factors that we talk about specific to your situation, you will have some pretty good results. No, I love that idea. You know, I think it is really important. And again, keep those notes out in case you want to take some notes during the podcast. But of course, one of the beauties of the podcast is you can always listen to us over and over again. So if you just want to be in the moment and listen to this and think about how these things might affect you with what's going on in your life now as well. So I have a, you know, and I had to try to consolidate this list because it literally, I've been kind of accumulating these things in my mind to talk about in this podcast for a period of time, it just sort of got pretty long. So I tried to regroup concepts. So I want to sort of embark upon the concepts. Does that sound okay with you, Al? I'm just waiting for you to do it. Okay. (laughs) I think I actually have more things to add to this as we go along. It's okay. Just start out. Just start out. So the first big one when you're sitting there and you're thinking either you are about to launch a new approach or a new concept, a new goal, something really exciting or something maybe you've even been dreading. The first big thing is the expectations. And when you think about what are you going to accomplish or what do you want to do? How big is this? How fast do you want to see results? Because usually our goals are sort of action things. So for example, I'm going to put it in the realm of training or nutrition and people will say, I'm going to lose 15 pounds in a month. And so they put a timeline on it and they put quantifiable things, which Really, for goal setting, that's great, but you have to make it realistic. And you do want to reach big, but you don't also want to reach so big that you'll get frustrated pretty much from the get-go. So when you put your expectations on the things that you are doing, make sure that they are realistic and that you have a sensible timeline for it to happen. So if you are not sure about that and what is realistic and what might be a good timeline for something, then that's usually when I suggest that, you know, you refer to somebody that could give you that information. You know, it's like the idea, okay, stepping aside from the health and fitness, if you were going to renovate your kitchen, right? That might be a good personal goal, might make your life wonderful. But you're thinking, oh, I'm going to have this entire kitchen renovated. And it's going to happen in a month. And I'm going to have, you know, the highest end appliances. So that may be what you say, I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, that's my goal, you have to make sure that that's realistic. So one of the things that you really have to start off with, or even while you're in the midst of working towards something, that you have to be realistic about how long it's going to take you or that length of time, and are the results going to be realistic? So that's number one. Yeah, I think that this kind of goes along with our instant gratification episode a little bit, because people who want their goals to happen right away are the types of people that really benefit from instant gratification and they crave that. And so I think that if you are that type of person, you have to take a step back and recognize that you are the type that's like, I want it and I want it now. You have to 
pull back on that a little bit because you put a timeline on it. You say you want it now and you say, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then in reality, it's that unrealistic expectation. So if you kind of can pull back on that instant gratification mindset, you'll be able to create a sustainable plan to get what you want, but understand that it's going to take some time. That's great. Yeah, totally. There's another caveat I'm going to add to that. If you really do thrive on having that instant gratification, then adjust what is going to satisfy you or gratify you to something that's going to be a little more instantaneous. I'm going to go back to the concept of getting, you know, somebody will say, I'll be really fit in four weeks, but that may be way too much. So they might just say, I'm going to go to the gym today. They go to the gym, they're going to get that instant gratification instead of waiting four weeks till they're fit. Yeah, I think now is a good time to talk a little bit about, I want to call them rewards in smaller timelines. And I know a lot of people that do this because it is motivating and it does kind of keep you a little bit focused. But the idea of wanting to go to the gym five days a week for the whole month. After the first week, if you manage to go all five days, at the beginning of the week, you will have set up a little reward at the end of the week. Like if you do accomplish those five days, then you get to do X. And X may be treat yourself to a coffee, you know, at Starbucks or whatever the case is. And then the next week, maybe it's buy yourself a new pair of sneakers, or it could be so many different things, depending on what excites you. We tend to steer away from food as a reward. And because I think that that sometimes can get a little bit tricky. If you reward yourself with food after going to the gym, if the food doesn't fit into your goals. Right. And then that's an, an automatic sort of conflict of interest between, you know, if what your big picture goal and the activity that matches it for sure. Well, this topic, you know, or the concept here of switching it over into rewards is really great. And it leads me to really go into the number two that I had listed here on my own little scribble pad. And the, another reason why people, this is a big one. And, and I, I know Elle's probably going to agree and anybody else who works with people who are trying to improve themselves. Many people do dwell on mistakes. They dwell on the setbacks. They sort of focus on the failures and the failures then cause them to step back or set back. And they get in a cycle of unless I am perfect, or if I've blown my diet, I'm putting air quotes in there, or I missed the day that I was supposed to go to the gym. Oh, you know, what the heck, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. So let me ask you, what is a mistake in your life that you have dwelled on? And obviously you've gotten past it now, but what's something that you personally struggled with in the past? Oh gosh, I think I'm going to have to think about that. Things that I focused on as a mistake that I didn't turn around. Things that you dwelled on. Yeah. What's something that you've dwelled on? There's got to be something. There's got to be something. That has prevented me from moving forward. You know, this is going to sound silly, but I can't think of any. Do you have something that you can think of that you were dwelling on? I'm looking at it in terms of like health and fitness. Well, I asked you, but I just thought about that because I think that we dwell on things all the time. And I think that we have to constantly be reminding ourselves to shift our focus and our mindset on so many things in life, but we always get past them. Like every single time something happens that shakes you up a little bit, 
you've survived it. You've made it all the way here already. So it is just being, I think, really present about how you let some, maybe some of your actions or some of your feelings affect you in how you feel about moving forward. Because I know that if we kind of beat ourselves up, it prevents us from being motivated. It prevents us from getting up for the gym in the morning. It prevents us from going after. If you kind of get into that cycle of beating yourself up and dwelling too much on those mistakes where they distract you from the bigger picture. Well, and I think, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to get a little bit philosophical here on this. But, you know, as you were talking about this, I was just thinking about the big events that could have set me back. But what I look at it is we all are going to have uh, mistakes or stumbles or failures with our choices or our actions. But how long do you stay there versus how much time can you process the event, learn from it, and then move forward? I think for me, that's been really important through my life is that, you know, and I was just thinking back, many, many people don't know this, but when I first went to college, I was a speech pathology major. And immediately when I started at school, I thought it was my dream career was going to happen right there. I started to sort of assemble that this was a mistake, that this was not a great choice for me in so many measures. And I had to process it. And I have to say, for a while, I got stuck with feeling, what was I going to do? It was a mistake. I felt very paralyzed what to do. But I fortunately had a good support system that helped me process it so that I could move through it to make the decisions, to make the changes which were hard to move on to a better place. Is that a good example for me to share there? Because I think when I bring this up in terms of talking about what potentially can stop you, you have to realize and recognize these are big things that you're going to experience and how you process it, how you move through it is what it is going to give you the success. Let's give them an opportunity for this to be practical. So I'm going to shout out to another one of our podcast episodes. But we did a whole podcast episode on binge eating. So for example, If you have something that we're going to call in quotes a setback, it might be overeating. So Jules, let's break down how one would assess the situation and then come back after that happens to still feel focused on what the next steps are, which would be essentially getting back into routine and trying not to repeat those behaviors. Exactly. Well, the first thing is to recognize the behavior. And if you're in the actual act of overeating, then to push the food away. Yeah. Then listen to that binge eating podcast episode, like turn it on. If you're in the middle of a binge, just turn it on. Turn it on because we talk about sort of moving yourself through that. But then when you are out of the event and you're looking back on it, that's the critical time not to dwell on it. Look at it, step away, try not to be emotional about it. And I think when we look at this concept of the failure setting us back, it's because emotions start to pull in and we start to, you know, fall into a lot of the negativity, which brings us to number three on my list, which is that dwelling on the past puts you into a place where you're fearing the future because you look at it and say, well, I made this mistake once. Now I am afraid I'm going to do it again because you start to focus on the weaknesses that brought you to that behavior that you feel that you're failure. So what happens is it becomes this vicious circle where you're in the moment and you are saying, well, in the past, when I missed going to the gym, 
it was a slippery slope and I just never went back to the gym for months. And if I don't go to the gym, then I know that I'm just going to fall into that sort of absentee person at the gym versus saying, hey, okay, you know what? I didn't go to the gym today for whatever reason, but that is not going to change my actions tomorrow, which would be going to the gym. So what I did right now is separate. You move beyond it. And don't focus on the weakness and say, you know what? You just have no motivation or you have no willpower or you have no reason to keep pushing it on because whatever reason that you feel that you can't do it. Because you can always make up excuses and reasons for why you can't instead of looking ahead and saying, you know what? That was a mistake. I'm going to move on. So I like that idea. I like that when you don't follow through on something that you had planned, it can be a knock to your confidence. And you can start to have this conversation with yourself like you actually stop believing in yourself. And if you think about it, if you were to tell a friend or a family member or someone that you love that you were going to do something and then you constantly didn't do it, it's like that disappointment that that other person would feel, but you feel it on yourself. And the only thing that you can have control of is that thought process. So you have to work extremely hard and that's why I recommend journaling to all my girls and just in general, I think it's so great because it allows you to truly reflect on how you're feeling in the moment versus letting it affect you for four or five, six days and be like, oh, that was it. So if you can journal, express your emotions, really look inside and see how you're feeling. If you are feeling disappointed with yourself, if you are feeling weak or low confidence, you have to kind of circle back and see what it is within yourself that's having these negative conversations. And that's when the cycle of the not going happens. And then if you always let those kind of voices and thoughts take over. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think also understanding that the things that get in your way, there may be other obstacles that get in your way and how to kind of step back and realize, is this an obstacle that has something to do with me versus not to do with me? So for example, if work is a situation that may not have anything to do with you and your motivation, it's just that work is getting in your way of going. So you may have to be creative, but that's very different from somebody who's just, you know, making a decision about something. Something. But realize that just making a decision about something because you're feeling it in the moment, sometimes you really have to investigate that, that part of it. And so we're not saying, oh, just, you know, there's a fine line between just doing it anyway, and also understanding what's going on. Yeah, well, I think that they're, I mean, they're hand in hand. That's what I'm saying. No, no, no. I wasn't disagreeing with you on that. I'm just saying this is like the resolution or idea. Yeah, we're on the same page here. <laughs> And, you know, going on to this next one is a big one. And I want to talk about this kind of on two-sided. And this is the concept of resisting change. So a lot of times when people will set out to improve on whatever they're working on, they go about it and they're, you know, gangbusters that they want their goal to be achieved. But deep down inside, they're resisting the change. And so sometimes that comes out on behavior. So typically this time of year, people start a diet and they're really excited about it. But then when they decide, okay, it's time I need to go grocery shopping for the food a little differently. I need to prep my food a little bit differently. I need to bring my food with me to work. They're all there 
but then for some reason, the behavior doesn't match. So what are the reasons why that you might resist change? And there's a lot of thought that goes into this, but one of the big things that often gets in people's way is that they actually are more afraid of the failure than they are desiring the change. Do you think that people are afraid of the work, not just afraid of failure, but afraid of actually having to do the work? I think that being afraid to do the work often will stop people from getting started. In my experience, that's a big one. That's a great observation. That's a big one that I think prevents people from getting started on things. Well, I think that's valid too, though. Yes, absolutely. This episode is great for people who have already started and have failed. But what about the people that just haven't started anything? And I guess there's a bunch of steps like pre-contemplation and contemplation. And so there might be a lot of you that are in that area because you're thinking about it, but you haven't really put forth any action. And so if you are in that thinking area, maybe you are afraid of the work. Maybe you are afraid of what it's going to take to reach your goal. And that's why you keep putting it off. So this is for anybody who is in the middle of something or wanting to start something new because there's something that each and every one of us want to do that we've been thinking about doing. And you probably have events like this that occur every single day. Like, I think I want to do this, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do it. And so it's cool to be very aware of those things that you're pushing off and you don't really have a sound reason why, or like you're making up excuses why you wouldn't do it right now. It's just not a good time or, you know, I'm just so busy and I really truly think that you make time for the things that you care about and the things that you truly want. So you have to go back and be like, is this really what I want? Or do I just think that I want it? Exactly. And you know, anything is always that saying anything worth having is worth working for. So it is one of those things that a lot of times it takes a while before you're so uncomfortable with where you are before you will put the effort in to make the change. And I do think that a lot of people, when they find out that it is going to be work or that, you know, they start on a program to get to the gym and they're like, this is harder than I expected, or I knew it was going to be hard. It's harder than I thought it was going to be. And rather than start to focus in on that if they just continue to make the changes, things will get better, things will get easier. And it is, it's the biggest reason too, why people can't commit to things for a long time if there's a lot of maintenance involved, aka staying in shape. The hardest part of all. Aka losing the 25 pounds and keeping it off because the keeping it off is really hard. And it is, you know, those levels of commitment. So the resistance to change because the behaviors that you had to give up to get on your way to your goal, if you went back to those other behaviors, that change is going to go back. So you can see how you could inadvertently still be forcing yourself into this sort of resistance to change if you keep starting something and then stopping, starting something and then stopping. So you have to look at what are the things that you're willing to do. And this goes back also to don't expect fast or unrealistic results if you're not willing to make the change. All right. So let's do a little bit of a recap of what we have talked about so far so we can kind of keep everybody on the same page moving forward. So the first thing when we are looking at why we 
don't get the results that we want is that we often expect fast or unrealistic results. The next one is that we often will dwell on the mistakes. We focus on the failures and the failures set us back. And then that ties in, there's actually two here. You fear the failure and you dwell on the weaknesses. That goes back to number three. And the last one was being resistant to change and that you fear the failure more than you desire the success. I feel like it's a lot of self-sabotage going on. And that is the main reason why people are not seeing their results because they set themselves up and they're ready to go and then something happens and they self-sabotage. A lot of it has to do with the mind. So moving forward, let's talk about one other topic and that would be that they assume their problems are unique and feel sorry for themselves. That's what people who are avoiding things, that's what they're doing. They feel sorry for themselves. They think that they're the only one struggling. They think that they're the only one that doesn't have time or energy. And I think that while some of that may be true and you may be going through things that are harder than others, if you have some big goals for yourself, you can't put yourself in a box like you're unique and the only one struggling because there's people out there that are working so hard and they might have the worst of worst situations. Exactly. And you know, you wonder why hearing about or reading about or seeing, you know, YouTube videos on transformation stories are so compelling to people is because those are people and they're great marketing things for many different things from, you know, getting your house organized to losing weight, but transformation stories that are honest and and realistic to show people that, hey, you know what, you know, I had this set of situation or scenario in my life, and I still accomplished. And here I am now, because that for a lot of people is that they realize, you know what, I am not alone. There are other people like me. And so this is valid. This is very useful. And I encourage people to to do that. You know, finding other people like you who can support each other so that you don't feel alone in whatever your situation is, that you feel that you are stuck or moving backwards or not able to move ahead. And this is a very helpful thing. And so don't think that your problems are unique. I mean, I'm sure they're unique, but everyone has problems and everyone's levels of their problems. There's someone that's in the same level of pain that you are. There's someone in the same financial status as you struggling with some sort of thing in their life. And so we're all in this together and we all have the capability of moving past it. And I want to say, I think that that really sums up what people are doing that is holding them back. I kind of want to talk about a couple helpful things that you can use to move forward if you are feeling this way, because I think we touched on a lot of the things that affect us, but now I want you to know what to do with them. So one of the first things that I would like you guys to do is to visualize the possibilities, right, Jules? Absolutely. That's where you can really start to build a good base of a plan to move through this. Yeah. I think that if you are setting up a plan, so for example, let's say getting to the gym, how many days a week, Jules? Let's create an avatar for us. Yeah. Let's make it simple. Three days. Yeah. 
I would say let's create a whole health and fitness avatar for our goal. So let's pick somebody, a, a woman in her mid 20s or mid 30s, and she's got fitness goals. What are they? She's got fitness goals to get stronger and to lose 15 pounds and stop smoking. Let's add that. All right. So what's she going to do? What's her plan of action? Well, the first thing is she has to think about organizing her goals. And if we're going to put it into the visualization, I always say visualize the ultimate goal. So this would be, you know, she could see herself and maybe she's briskly walking on the treadmill and she's breathing really easily and she's wearing a size smaller workout clothes. So she can start to visualize what she would look like and the action that she would be able to do once she hits the goal. So that's in her mind. It could be like a little movie that's playing. Yeah. And I think that that's a good way to put it. I especially like the confidence factor of it too, which I think that you added in at the end where you said she's walking, she's breathing great. She's wearing a size smaller shirt. She's probably walking a little bit quicker, a little more pep in her step because she has that confidence of achieving the goal. So not only is achieving the goal something that you want to visualize, but you actually want to try and create those feelings inside yourself of happiness and of confidence of how you're going to feel when you accomplish that goal. So it's not just like an achievement. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to get that medal. It's like, how am I going to feel when I get that medal? How am I going to feel when I zip up my favorite jeans that haven't fit in six years? So these are the little tools that you have to apply when you're thinking about your goal. And the more often that you do that, the more often you truly are going to be driven towards doing the things that will help you to reach your goals. You know, when you start to do this, and I suggest people do it, you know, take a quiet moment and think about how it will feel, you know, like crossing that finish line if you were running a race and that little bit of euphoria that you feel. Because if you start to visualize this, you can actually feel sort of a little adrenaline rush. And that's really important to kind of train yourself so that when you're getting stuck in those moments of self-doubt, failure feeling. You can breathe in that visualization of that goal. And it's an amazing way to get yourself literally what they call flipping the switch. And so I recommend that you try it, you practice it. The more you practice it, the better you get it. And I'm saying practice it for lots of things, but for health and fitness goals with our lovely lady, who's going to quit smoking and get to the gym three times a week, you can almost sense it. If you start to visualize yourself in that kind of position, how would that feel for you? Cool. So anything else about some positives that people can use in their own personal lives if they are struggling with kind of stepping up their health and fitness game? Maybe they're feeling like they don't know what to do in the gym. I think that's probably a good one to just kind of discuss real quick because if you don't know what you're doing in the gym, luckily you're listening to this probably over Wi-Fi or something, you have the whole internet at your disposal. And yeah, there's a lot of junk out there, but there are some really straightforward articles. There are some really awesome YouTube videos. Plug my YouTube channel again. There are awesome coaches out there. Jules and myself, we have now three other coaches underneath us, and we are here to help you with your goals. And I think that people think that they are almost 
too good and they can do it on their own. But even us coaches need a coach, you know. So I just wanted to throw that out there that if you are feeling like you don't know what's next and you can't seem to create a goal, there are people to help you. And yes, I actually had made a reference to that a little bit earlier when you are embarking on something that you may not know how to get there call a professional. As I said, we coach people from those who have never been to the gym all the way through pro athletes and everything in between. So there may be resources in your gym. There may be a trainer. There's lots of books. There's lots of videos, articles, everything. There's so much out there for you. Absolutely. And what you have to do is really just start with something. So for, again, going back to our little avatar, you know, if she did not know what to do and just the act of going to the gym, getting on one piece of equipment and asking somebody who's there, how do I do this and attempt that, that could be something that could just really start the momentum going. So the biggest thing there is you visualize it, then you have to come up with a plan. And then you actually have to put it in place, put it in place. All right. So I think that that's about it that I have for today. What do you think? Yeah, those were my big topics. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what's a goal of yours this year? My goal? Okay. You can have already started it. Yeah, no, totally. So many of you don't know. I mean, I am Elle's mom. I just turned 58. And through the years, you know, I've been very fit through my adult life. And there's always obstacles. And I've had a couple of years of some obstacles and things that have gotten in my own personal fitness way. The past year, I was very distracted with family members and some and some health issues. And then I took some time to investigate some aches and pains that were going on with me. And I've been struggling with fibromyalgia and some arthritis that they thought was arthritis. We don't know quite now what's going on. But through the time, I've maintained a level of fitness, but it has not been where I like. So my goal for 2019 is to build back some of my strength and some of my muscle that I lost this year. So my question is, though, that that's a very broad goal. It is a very broad goal. So how are you measuring that? Great question. You know, and believe it or not, I started from square one a few weeks before the new year because of illness. I actually was for the longest time in my adult life that I wasn't pregnant. (laughs) I actually did not work out. And so I literally had to start very small bits at bringing my endurance back and bringing my strength back and adding a vast amount of flexibility. And so I set a plan for myself and I'm treating it reasonably. I am doing segments of stretching every time I work out. I set aside enough time. I don't put a time limit on my stretching because I stretch until I feel I don't need it anymore during that session. But, you know, my first goal was to get back to working out five days a week and alternating between cardio and strength training until I could balance them both. So I am about six weeks into and now it was real hard those first three or four weeks. It was very frustrating because I knew what I used to do versus what I could do, but I had to push that away and talking about this, not dwelling on the past and knowing that I just needed to do the baby steps to get there. Awesome. It's happening. That's a good goal. Yeah. How about you? I have a lot of goals this year. 
One thing that I am working on, this will be week three of doing it. I wanted to get back on YouTube in 2019. So that was really important to me. And I set myself a realistic schedule that I would film during the week and I would upload one video at the end of the week on Sunday evening. And I'm going into my third week and I looked at my camera today and I said, hey, it's Tuesday. I got to start filming if I'm going to upload on Sunday. And I told myself that if I can get through with the whole month of January uploading every Sunday, then maybe I'll start adding in a second video a week every other week type of deal. So I took what I wanted to do and I was in that pre-contemplation phase of do I want to get back on and put a lot of energy and effort into it? And so I had to think about it for a long time. And there were a couple of times where I tried to get back to it, but I didn't exactly get back to it. And I would beat myself up and then I would get anxious every time I went to film. And so I finally had to break through that. And I finally had to set a good schedule for myself and kind of put any of my insecurities and my doubts away for me to actually follow through. And I decided that taking some messy action was better than not taking any action at all. And if I was just going to do it and I wanted to do it, I had to take the steps to get there. So even if you're somebody that's struggling being like, well, what if it's not good? What if I don't do well? Doing something is better than nothing because you won't be far ahead at all if you do nothing. So that's my goal this year. And we're two videos in and we're cruising. Yeah, no, it's when you set up a goal, sometimes it can be humbling because you realize that excitement that you feel setting it up and you know either you have to do it or you want to do it or a combination of both. When you sit down to do it, you are reminded that it takes effort. And this may be why you pushed it aside, but the success comes when you say, no way, I'm going to keep doing it. Well, there's one thing that I always think about that I have learned to utilize in my life, especially when I have a goal that I think I want to complete or that I'm excited about. I try not to tell people I'm going to do this until I have started actually working towards it. And sometimes it's great to tell people what you're going to do, but you get a little dopamine hit when people are saying, oh, wow, good for you. That's great. That's an awesome goal. And it almost takes away some of that desire for the goal because you're already getting a praise from people who expect you to do it. Does that make sense? It does. It totally does. You know, and this is where people have to decide for themselves when a goal that you share with somebody, you share it because you're enlisting other people's support, which I think is huge. Or is it a goal that you can look at it like Alice is saying that it almost is it works for her to do it and then enjoy that other people are enjoying it on the other end? No, no, no. It's not that at all. It's that if you say, hey, I'm going to run a half marathon and someone's like, hey, great for you. Good for you. You're like, yeah, great for me. Good for me. It's a big goal. And so what I'm saying is that you get a social, I guess, acceptance from doing things like that before you've even started the work. Sort of like you're joining the club, but you're not doing the work. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Like, hey, I'm going to do all these great things. And that's not to say that I don't think that you should tell the world and put out into the universe like what you're going to do. But be careful not to get swallowed up in doing so great because you're going to do a goal that you actually feel like you have to do less work. Yeah, no, that's an interesting thought. I guess I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. You know, I I always look at... 
if somebody is going to share a goal, you do knowing or you should know what kinds of things. Because sometimes you share a goal and you don't get a lot of good support and that can be hard. So some people choose to do something and they go ahead and do it because it's important to them. And I applaud you. Well, that's why I think that just always doing it for yourself is the important thing. Exactly. And just make sure that you're not getting distracted by anything else. But yeah, so I think that we have to about wrap up though. You know, we can always go on and on and on about things. But, you know, I think that this whole time that we're talking about it, hopefully as you listen to it, you might want to go back and listen to it again. We did review the big concepts that we have, and especially for myself through all the years of working with lots of people and even in myself with deciding I'm going to improve or enhance my life or embark on a big task or a goal that you look at it as you're setting out and your goal is to be successful and be prepared for some challenges and how to kind of get yourself through them, that these are all kind of internal challenges and not so much like, how do I set my work to happen with a busy schedule? These are things that, you know, if you really want something, you will get it done. Well, how to make sure that you can push through that barrier. Great. All righty. So we hope you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.